reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for Welcome to Talking Giants midweek show. We had a few days off since we played on Thursday night. Five days away from the Patriots game. Four days away from the Cardinals game. So we got a few things to talk about. Injuries, transactions, and we got a lot of mailback questions. Not a lot, but we got a good amount of mailback questions. Danny, how are you feeling now that we're over a third of the way through the season? This team that is two and four, two and two under Daniel Jones. One game back in the NFC East. We're still in it, although, are we? Danny, how, how are you feeling uh, just in general, and how are you feeling about the state of this team right now before we start diving into stuff? I was for some reason tempted to make like a sarcastic Yankees comment, but I'm not going to do that because I know I'll just get you extremely say, arrested. When you say, I'm going to make a sarcastic Yankees comment, but I'm not, that is making a sarcastic Yankees comment. <laughs> I mean, and I mean, I, I don't want to. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner. This morning. oh yes, of yeah. course. Yeah, we forgot about that part. But no, uh, I mean, the seats of them. The strange thing is, Jaws are two and four, and we are somehow very much alive in the NFC East. It is mind-boggling. And these next two games are huge because obviously we got Monday Night Football in two weeks against Dallas, but that's looking too far ahead. We still have to talk about what happened last Thursday. Like Thursday Night Football, I mean, that feels like an eternity ago at this point. But I mean, I'm doing good. Uh, the NFL is crazy right now. Jalen Ramsey's a Ram. Marcus Peters uh, a Raven. The NFL is going crazy right now. Browns traded Austin Corbett, although they're probably going to have Trent Williams by the time you're listening to this show. They could have had Will stuff. Hernandez. Yeah. yeah, they picked Austin Corbett one pick before Will Hernandez. What? Man, you guys are some pathetic losers. That's one nice thing is the Browns are 2-4 and four and they suck. Uh, so, yeah, a, a lot to get into. Like you said, we're five days away from the Patriots game, so one, we're not going to do a whole bunch of – we're not going to do really any cleanup, although there will be some issues from that game we'll talk about. Plus, I think we did a pretty good show on, on, on Friday after that, and we're not going to do a whole lot of Cardinals talk. There's a few Cardinals questions, but we're going to have a, a, our regular pregame show for Friday morning for you, for your drive to work for the weekend whenever you want to listen to it. But I think the biggest storyline right now is – Guys are going to be back. Saquon's back. There's no, like, I'm 100% convinced Saquon is playing Sunday. He tweeted out the video saying, I'll be back soon with the winky face. He's practicing. Uh, I just, I really think that he's playing Sunday, and I'm pretty confident the Giants have already made that decision. I don't think it's like, a, you know, they'll play the game, like, it'll be a game time decision and list him as questionable. But uh, I'd be shocked if Saquon doesn't play Sunday. I mean, they could have easily played him on Thursday if they wanted to, but I think they decided to play it safe at that point. But the ba- even though I hated that Thursday night game because we did not have key players, the good thing was it allowed time for these players to get back healthy. While I believe two of them will play in Saquon Barkley, Evan Ingram, I got it. There's no way Sean Shepard plays. I feel like I feel like he also shouldn't play because he's had two concussions this year and a very short time span. I feel like they got to take into account just his long term health. So. I don't think he'll play this week. That's just me. But I feel like we'll definitely have at least Evan Ingram back and Saquon Barkley. Yeah, so let's let's talk about each injury individually. Saquon, he's going to be back, like we said. Danny, if Saquon's at 90%, do you play him? Because I do. Like, I think football is a game where you play with injuries. Obviously, we don't want to risk any further injury. But if he's at 90%, 85%, that's 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 standard for for week seven of the NFL um, and ankle. It's not like it's a, it's a muscle like injury like an ACL MCL. It's a it's an ankle. Um, he's healing fast. He looks good. I mean, he looked good in his cuts last week. Uh, 
I, I play him at 90% because I, I, as much as we're rebuilding, I also don't believe in just like kicking games either. No, yeah. I mean, just the fact that he's, we're talking about him coming back this early is nuts that he's superhuman. But yeah, I play him at 90%. And especially, I know we, we just said we're rebuilding, but the Giants are still very much alive in the NFCs. You are one game back and two important games leading up to, into the Dallas game. So, I mean, at this point, I think Saquon's ready. The guy that said he's superhuman. He should not be back at this point. Scott Simonson, he had a high ankle sprain, and he who even knows if he's healthy yet? He hasn't even been signed by a team. So, play Saquon. There's no doubt in my mind that he's ready. And as you said, the cuts, he looked good. Just nothing. I don't feel worried about Saquon. I mean, this almost seems normal for him because in college, it was either sophomore or freshman year, he had a high ankle sprain, and he came back literally like the same amount of time. The guy's nuts, but yeah. He's, uh, he'll be back Sunday. If he's not back, that is shocking to me. Yeah, and a, and a month for a high ankle sprain isn't crazy. Like, last week would have been wild. It would have been, you know, two and a half weeks. But a month isn't crazy. I've seen guys do it. Um, I've mentioned Percy Harvin with Florida uh, for the national championship game a few times just because that one sticks out in my mind. Guys play, uh, you know, a month later after high ankle sprain pretty often, I'd say. And a guy like Saquon, who is some kind of super freak, like you said, at Penn State, he was back two weeks after a high ankle sprain. Uh, I expect him to play, and I expect him to be effective too, man. It's going to be nice. In fact, I'm going to pull up, because I tweeted this out the other day, like how important Saquon is to this, this offense. And I think the people, like I think a lot of people who have been like, oh, a running back is easily replaced are kind of eating a little bit of, like, humble, eating a little bit of crow at this point. Now, there's always going to be the people there that push that because they just don't want to be admitted when they're wrong. But after after the first two games, uh, I didn't include the 8-for-10 against Tampa because, you know, if he plays in that second half, you know, maybe he breaks one for 80. So I don't, I don't want to, you know, put that in there. But, but after the first two games, Saquon was on pace for 232 carries and 1,900 yards, 1,896 for 6.4 yards per carry. Now, would he kept that pace up? Probably not, but those are insane numbers. The backups, Gallman, Hilleman, and Penny in his absence, uh, their pace for 16 games as their starters, so not con- including the first two games, 320 carries, 1,072 yards, and 3.4 yards per carry. Saquon's would have over, over 800 more yards on 90 less carries. Like, he is so impactful. And I get that Hillman and Penny aren't Gallman, but Gallman also is averaging 3.9 yards per carry. So Gallman hasn't been like a world beater. I've never been like super high on the Gallman train. I think he's a serviceable backup, especially when Saquon's your starter. But Gallman's not out there killing it. I get he had two touchdowns, but touchdowns aren't really like the most indicative thing of say, oh, look, that running back's good. So, I mean, three yards per carry, that is huge. No, yeah, and I mean, another reason why I think Saquon will be back this Sunday, look, who do we have as running back number two? Buck Allen, or, or what's his name? Jarivius uh, Allen, but he, I guess Javorius, he goes by Buck. Jarivius, Jarivius, You guys all know I suck at names, but I mean, look at his 2018 stats, 41 carries, 110 yards. If I feel like if Wayne Gallman was at least healthy, maybe the Giants would be... Maybe I, I think he would be playing, but maybe they'll feel more confident because, as we all know, Jonathan Hillman, terrible, but he's back on practice squad. He was horrible in the uh, Patriots game. They don't want to use Elijah Penny as a running back. They want to use him as a fullback mainly. And, uh, yeah, Buck Allen, I mean, he's just he's a body there because we still are not fully healthy on running back. So, he yeah, he has to be back Sunday. And I, and I think he— the Giants, they're not stupid. They're not going to rush back their star running back in a situation where they could easily not make the playoffs. But I, they they think he's ready, and Saquon knows he's ready. He, that tweet was pretty much hinting that he'll be back Sunday. So, yeah, that, see, tweet, that tweet to me was like, I'm playing Sunday. Like, yeah, I, don't, I don't think he tweets that out if he's no. not for sure playing Sunday. Because how come he didn't tweet that out on like maybe for the Thursday night game? So it, there, he's, he's dropping the hints that he will return. And when he will return, this offense will be even more open because then they'll have a true running game. Because Wayne Gallman, yes, we played Washington, but you saw what happened against Minnesota. He really couldn't get anything going, and obviously he had the concussion in that game. And obviously Jonathan Hillman. No team viewed Jonathan Hillman as a threat. So Saquon will open up the running game. It will extend the play-action game. 
RPOs will come back. That's the biggest thing, man. Yeah. I, I feel like it's going to help Daniel Jones so much. I That's really a, think his offense and the people with the patch room or play call, like obsessed with that, I think it's going to change everything. I really do. When you have John Hillman as your running back, your play calling is so, so, so limited. Yeah. And you want know to know what's nuts? Dan, Daniel Jones, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, and Saquon Barkley have not all been on the field at the same time. I believe that's the stat I read or something like that. No, Golda Tate as well. Golda Tate. They have not all been on the field at the same time because Golda Tate was suspended four games, and when Tate came back, Saquon was injured. So this offense will get the true feel of this offense like within the next two weeks. Because Arizona, I'm not looking over Arizona. I don't look over any team because any team could beat us. We were teams that were being counted out in the Chiefs game last year or two years ago in the Bears game last year. So... But we're going to really see what this offense could do. And now Daniel Jones, was he stinking these past two games? Yeah, he didn't have his best games, but he was without his key weapons. And this week, he should get back his security blanket at Evan Ingram. But it's just Saquon. He opens up so much. He makes your offense better. And, yeah, people are saying you can replace running backs. Yeah, some guys you can replace. But you're telling me the Carolina Panthers can replace Christian McCaffrey this year? No, the Giants cannot replace Saquon Barkley. And him coming back will just make this offense 10 times better. It will make defenses have to fear us. And as I said, it just opens up so much. And maybe Pat Shermer will feel more inclined to be more aggressive. Or maybe his play calling will become not as shaky as it's been mainly these past two weeks. Mainly last week in that Patriots game for me. Yeah. Running backs are important. And great running backs are even more important. So since we're on Saquon, let's talk about the running back position as a whole. Buck Allen was signed. Not the biggest fan of him. Um, especially with his production, I would have rather taken the chance on an unknown guy, an undrafted kind of guy. But he's solid. You know, he's he's at three point nine four yards per carry for his career. Um, the same as Gallman, actually. Uh, you know, he did all right in in Baltimore um, last year's stats. I wouldn't look at a whole lot because you know that Lamar. Everyone was just like trying to stop the run there. You know, uh, stack in the box. Um, 2017 was probably his best year where he had 600 yards on the ground and four touchdowns. He can do a little bit in the receiving. Um, I do expect Wade Gallman to be back for uh, Arizona. And then John Hillman cut, resigned to the practice squad. I wouldn't resign to the practice squad. And I know I've mentioned this a few times, but when we did our undrafted free agent shows, I had something positive to say about every single one of those guys, except for John Hillman. I just, I don't know what, the positive is besides oh he's from Rutgers he's a New Jersey guy I, I just Hillman doesn't make any sense to me he has no burst he doesn't have vision he does he just doesn't do anything good like even when you look at his college tape his college numbers weren't even good I, I just don't know why Hillman's even worth a practice squad spot at this point see I'm different with you there I don't think Wayne Gallman's back this week uh, obviously, well, we're, it's Tuesday and we're filming this, but we'll get the first practice injury report tomorrow. But I don't feel like he's back this week. I, I feel like he's more of next week. That's why they brought Buck Allen in, or maybe that's just the contingency plan because maybe they view Wayne Gallman could go. But we thought Tay Davis would be good to go on Thursday night, but then obviously he was a healthy scratch. So, But Jonathan Hillman, uh, my issues with him is mainly his vision. There are so many times in that Patriots game where he there is a hole for him and he did not take it. Mainly, I think the first quarter was one that really stuck out to my mind. Mike Remmers, second and two, I believe it was. Yeah, where they got, he had a beautiful hole. It was either Remmers or Solder. I don't remember off the top of my head, but they, they whoever it was, they laid a beautiful hole out for him and he just didn't take it. He just didn't have the burst. Uh, obviously, on one play, he did take the hole, but he didn't take it for anything. He got like maybe 10 yards. I mean, yeah, it was the first down, but like without Saquon. That would have been easily would have been 15 yards. If that was Wayne Gallman, it easily would have been better. Uh, so it's I I get bringing him back to the practice squad because you believe there's potential in him, and I mean obviously maybe they something they saw in him, but obviously he I doubt he'll see the field again this year or at least as a starting running back because Wayne Gallman will obviously get all the reps in front of him, but. Once again, I do get bringing him back to the practice squad, so, but I'm not a fan of him. Uh, I don't view him as a star running back. I don't view him really much as a quality backup running back either. So, uh, yeah. I'm surprised they didn't go after Rod Smith. It really was, you know, he was part of the team for, you know, all off season basically. I, I was surprised they didn't bring back Rod Smith over 
Fuck Allen. But I'm also not complaining because I'm not really a Rod Smith guy either. Rod Smith with the Titans, I believe. Is he? Wow. I didn't know that. I believe You're breaking news news to me live on the show. I could be wrong. Let me check this. I I think he is. Look at him. This should be Rod Smith. (laughs) Um. All right, so we spent a lot. We spent too many time, too much time on the running backs, anyway. He uh, is on the Titans. I can confirm. I'm okay. not crazy. Hey, remember the Titans. Anyways, <laughs> you blitz all night. I went and played football on Sunday since we didn't have a Giants game. Man, felt good to get back out there scoring TDs. It was a, it was a lot of fun. Although Are you I just dropped trucking kids. Well, I'm not. I, it's two hand touch, Danny. Okay. okay. Be, I, I don't know what type of football you play down there, Florida. Yeah, but I don't want. If I'm playing with people my age, but actually people my age, we. We can't tackle each other. We have jobs to go to on Monday. We're going to be hurt. <laughs> but I'm not trying to ch- truck all the kids in my church, Danny. Oh, um, well, I mean, I guess that would be bad if you just truck all your kids in your church. That although be... I do, I do have, I, I am physical with my two hands. I don't just be like, I don't just do a little tap. I, I follow through with it. <laughs> you just shove them. I do. Little, little Johnny <laughs> just gets shoved across the field. And I moss people because nobody can compare to my height. Well, you're like six foot, what, 10? Six seven, so nobody can cover my height. Um, and I'm, you know what? As, much, as slow as I am, I feel like I'm a pretty decent route runner. All right. Anyways, this isn't talking Bobby. This is talking Giants. Evan Ingram should be back. I don't want to spend too much time on that, but he's huge. He's having an amazing year, a Pro Bowl year. Uh, he, I mean, George Kittle is is amazing. Uh, uh, Oakland has a good tight end in Waller, but like he's he's top three to five tight end in the league right now with Kelsey and other guys. Um, Ingram has looked amazing. Shep, I just for everyone's saying Shep's not coming back, so I'm, I'm assuming he's not going to be back, even though it's been two weeks or it'll be two weeks on Sunday. But it is a second concussion, so you know, like everyone says, it, it seems like they're going to be some time before Shep's back. That's what I said. He has two concussions in a short span of time. Don't rush him back at that point. We need him for the future. I don't want his career to be cut short because of concussion. But Evan Ingram. Daniel Jones is a security blanket. That's what he is. Daniel Jones loves his tight end in Duke. He loves Evan Ingram, and that's why Evan Ingram will be back is huge. And uh, people are like, oh, another injury for Evan Ingram. I mean, this was, if this was, let's say Thursday Night Football wasn't this week, I say he could have probably played on Sunday. Be, I mean, that's just me. But uh, he's had time to recover. I think Evan Ingram will be fine. Maybe he won't have as much explosiveness because maybe it's still, we don't know what's going to be happening there, but he's going to be back Sunday. There's no way he's not. That's just me but i'm no medical doctor what kind of doctor are you if you're not a medical doctor i'm a uh psych psychologist oh yeah Yeah. all right danny um 27 i'm literally i'm moving in a week i'm trying to find a new career um give me some psychology and you know you're you're 27 just Go out. I mean, you know what? Why, why are you moving? Go out and party. Live your life. You don't need to live somewhere to be homeless. You know, if it wasn't for the dog, I would think about it. It would save a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, you, the dog is the most important part of that. Yeah. She's she's lucky I care about her because I would be, I would go homeless. I would save so much money that way. Anyways, <laughs> how uh, will we record? I'll go to Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, yeah. I'll find I'll find a spot. I'll go to the library. We'll, we'll figure it out. Fair, fair. All right. So, that's that'll always be on the table in the future. All right, Sam Veal, uh, he is practicing. He's real? With the team. He's yeah. alive. I didn't even knew yeah. that. He's alive, although even if he was fully healthy, I don't even know if he'd be on the field. Uh, he's practicing uh, starting today, Wednesday. Uh, I I think he can come back in two weeks. Anything on Sam Veal? I, I don't know if we're going to really see him this year, unless we'll talk about. Uh, Jenkins trade stuff in mailbag, but I just don't see Sam Beal hitting the field this year. I mean, we have to see him at some point, and I feel like we will see him because he was having an impressive mini camp, and then he got injured somewhere along the way. He's he there's he has to come back if he's healthy enough to practice. I believe he'll be back in two weeks. This isn't like last year with Jonathan Stewart where they just kept him on IR. He's a hundred percent coming back. We will see him for. The Dallas game, because that's when he can come back. Obviously, we'll talk about corner situation in a little bit, but I'm confident we'll see him. I'm excited to see him because I believe there's so much potential on him. And and I keep hammering it home every time we talk about Sam Beal. He's been rated as the best player to come out of the supplemental draft since Josh Gordon. Obviously, hopefully, mine is all the problems Josh Gordon has, but there's so much. The ceiling's so high on this guy. 
I mean, it costs us a third-round pick. I want to see what this guy brings to the table. Yeah, the ceiling is the roof. Um, yeah, so maybe we'll see him this year. And the biggest news, Nate Stupar is gone. Done. Bonito. Yes, clap. clap. Everyone clap. I don't care Beautiful. if you're driving. Take your hands off the wheel and clap. <laughs> Just clap. Just clap. That is – That is. this is Christmas. That was Christmas morning to me. Because my favorite thing is, I I was I said Stupar, he's a quality backer, and then all of a sudden my peon just went down, and then he came back, and then everyone's like, I don't know, he's back. And it was so, I feel like it was poetic that he was the guy to have that punt go off his helmet. It was, I feel like it only would have happened to Stupar. I mean, I'm glad he's gone. It's kind of a blessing in disguise, because that that's made what got him gone. Yeah, the guy, he's, he's so bad. It's it's painful. I don't know. I mean, if he's a he's not even young either, he's just old. I don't. I just we talked about it after camp. I can't like, wait for him to be back the... next preseason. Oh god, he's going to be on our ninety man roster for the next five years. <laughs> and, uh, Benny Fowler was brought back, That's which I am really good about, glad about. Um, I would put Benny Fowler over Cody Latimer at this point. Because Benny Fowler's actually been pretty decent in his time with us. I, I can't hear you anymore. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Did you mute yourself? Yeah. Benny Fowler. Benny Fowler's back. Did you hear me say any of that? I heard. Yeah, I heard that. I heard you when you said. Cody Latimer, or Benny Fowler, you have him above Cody Latimer. I was going to look up stats, and I muted myself. Anyways, I would... <laughs> in the middle of talking. Yeah, I would pit Benny Fowler over Cody Latimer. Cody Latimer, like, with, with Darius Slayton, we don't really need uh, Cody Latimer to be the deep threat, and he's just not getting any separation. And we saw that Benny Fowler can be a solid route runner. Um, so am I saying Benny Fowler is going to be a huge part of the team? But no, but I would pit him over Cody Latimer at this point. Yeah, that's that's nothing. That's no hot take. That's just Cody Lammer. He was given an opportunity to come back, and he just hasn't done anything to blow you away. And that Patriots game, he had one target, and it was that that was that was all he wrote. So I mean, Cody Lammer, his time is done after this season. Maybe he could be someone the Giants trade for. Nothing like crazy. Maybe like they get like a six out of him. But I feel like he he has no future on this team. His time is done after this season. Yeah, and and Fowler has twelve catches for ninety nine yards. Um, does he have a touchdown? Does he have a touchdown? I don't think this year. I don't think he does either. And then Cody Latimer. I know Cody Latimer doesn't have a touchdown. Cody Latimer. He definitely doesn't. Cody Latimer has six catches for 104 yards. So, yeah, some big plays. Most of those were in against Dallas. Yeah, it's, it's, I would put Benny Fowler over Cody Latimer. The stats back up my take. Um, so, yeah, anything else, Danny? I wanted to talk a little about the nickel situation, but I think we can save that for Friday. Anything else you want to you want to touch up on before we hit the mailbag? Uh, I mean, I can't think of anything else. I mean, yeah, I think I think we've covered everything. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll move on to the mail. All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. Come on. Bye, guys. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. All right. Thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. Danny, let's get into the mail. All right, Bobby. First question comes from Jake Roberts at Jake Roberts 222. He has, are Daniel Jones Reese's interceptions a cause of concern? And this was like maybe year like four, year five for Daniel Jones, yes. But it was only his fourth game, so I'm not overly concerned. I mean, interceptions, they suck, but like it's learning experiences. He, he'll look at the tab and be like, I shouldn't have made that throw. He'll look around and I had someone there. I'm not concerned about it. 
Uh, obviously, it sucks to have interceptions from him, but like since he's a rookie, I'm like, fine. He's gonna throw interceptions. He's not perfect. The problem with that Bucks game, as good as it was, and I'm not, I'm not complaining. He set expectations for himself so high, and every time he does something wrong, everyone's like, oh, he sucks. Game over. Guy's terrible. So I mean, that's just the one downside about that. But I mean, we won the game. But I'm not, I'm not sure why I'm making it seem like terrible, but. His expectations were now so high that we don't expect him to throw interceptions. We expect him to be perfect, but he's a rookie, and he's not going to be perfect. And you'd rather him make these mistakes now, and then hopefully in a few years' time when we're in the Super Bowl, he won't make these mistakes, and we'll be hosting a Lombardi trophy. Yeah, and I think with Saquon back, we're going to have more Tampa-like games than we did Minnesota games. Um, I'll just kind of go through them. The Washington interceptions were both bad. I, I thought those were bad decisions. Not good throws. Against Minnesota, it was the last play of the game on fourth down. He had to throw it somewhere. There was nowhere else for him to go. So that one doesn't mean anything for, to me. Against New England, the first one to Golden Tate, that was tipped up. He should have put that ball a little bit better placement, but it was a tight throw. Um, I look more decision-making. We know that Daniel Jones is accurate. The, the one that was supposed to be a throwaway, he's got to get rid of that ball quicker. And it's one of those things, like, I love that he extends plays and doesn't give on, up on plays. But when you do that, you kind of, like, lead yourself to mistakes. Like, Andrew, that was kind of like an Andrew Luck thing um, throughout his career, which is crazy. I'm talking about his career uh, when he's 30 years old. Uh, and then the the one to Red Ellison on the right sideline of the New England game, I did a breakdown on it. Uh, you know, you go, you could go on my page and check out the breakdown. I, I did it on the whiteboard. Uh, I, I think that was more... I really think Ellison was supposed to break that route in shorter because if you look where Daniel Jones threw the ball, he wasn't confused. Like I, uh, Joe Buck said on the on the live on the on TV that he was confused. I really don't think he was confused because he saw Gilmore. I really think Ellison was supposed to cut that shorter. And you, I mean, you look at where the ball was placed. It looks like uh, Ellison was supposed to cut that route shorter um, because it was outside of him. I, I really don't. Like, because he didn't put that ball on Ellison. I, I think that one was on Ellison. I think he rounded that route out a little too much when it should have been a little flatter. Um, so the Redskins ones are bad. The other ones um, really aren't concerning to me. So, but that's a good question, though. And I think um, as good as he is, we should, you know, talk about the negatives because, you know, that's that's things that need to be improved on. My problem, the throwaway one, that was terrible. My biggest problem with the one with the Red Ellison play was it was first and 10, and if you look, he had Elijah Penny down open for a quick, easy pass, and Penny would have made it a second and manageable. That was the pass he should have made. I just hit my mic right there. Uh, but he threw it to Ellison. Obviously, Ellison's nothing spectacular, and he he tested Gilmore. I, I do see your point with him, Ellison, maybe of cutting this shorter, but I believe he should have passed it to Elijah Penny, would have made it a second and manageable, would have made life... Hun- much easier and it would have allowed the Giants to possibly keep that drive alive and uh possibly tie that game at that point so that's I'm not sure if you saw Penny down there that was just me yeah I actually didn't notice that that's a that's a good I'm gonna go back and look at that one yeah uh next question comes from Daniel Jones the goad with multiple T's if you put multiple T's you really believe he's the goat that's how that works at you have L- to say it. You have to read sorry, it like that. Right, Daniel you. Jones goats. All right, sorry. Daniel Jones goats. There you go. Uh, at uh, who is not a goat in his ad, Ellsbury, and why? Why he has how many first outs do you expect Kyler Murray to run for? Half joking. I mean, that's not a joke because that's a hundred percent a legit question. Uh, I'll answer that first, and then we'll answer your second question. Uh, Kyler Murray's legs are going to be a problem, and that that's something I have developed in my game plan for Kyler Murray. But I'll say it now because I mean I'll say it again Friday. Uh, Tay Davis will be back. Put Tay Davis out there as a spy if you want, because I mean Tay Davis is the only linebacker capable of keeping up with Kyler Murray. You, you can put safeties out there to monitor him, but I really believe you put Tay Davis out there to kind of spy on Kyler Murray, and because Tay Davis could whole Kyler Murray's run game a little bit, but Kyler Murray run is going to be a nightmare for this Giants defense, I feel like. Yeah, Kyler didn't really run a lot in the first couple games, or at least not effectively. Last two games, he has. You know, we'll talk about that more in the Arizona game, or the Friday show, though. Yeah, uh, next, uh, his second question was, how do you expect the running back carrots to be divvied up with potential Saquon return and Buck Allen in the mix? Real question. Uh, it depends on how healthy Saquon is. He could 100% get all these snaps. 
Uh, Buck Allen will obviously get a few snaps here and there, but we also have to account for Wayne Gallman could be back. I don't think he will, but could be. But Saquon's going to get a majority of the snaps. Like You can argue maybe like 95 and above type snaps, but Buck Allen will get at least a snap here and there. Just depends on the confidence level of Buck Allen. He's not a Jonathan Hellman. I don't believe he'll fumble every like in key moments, but Saquon will return, and I believe he'll get the majority of the snaps. This Over under 20 carries for Saquon on Sunday. Uh, let's go over, over 20. Okay, I'm going to go under, and I think it'll be right around that mark. And I think Buck Allen and Gallman or whoever's there, I think we'll get a good six carry or so. And if that's the case, that means we're probably winning. So, um, but yeah, that's that's a good question. And I, I, I'm very intrigued to see what Buck Allen does for this team. Yeah, he, he's more interesting. I mean, I'm just looking at I mean, how did I say 20? That was stupid of me. Over 20, because, I mean, the most he's had is 18, and that was in that Buffalo game. So, I mean, I'm yeah. no better Washington, than... Washington, we carried the ball, like, 37 times, yeah. so... I mean, like, I, I don't trust... I'm not a better man, so, obviously, I, I don't bet for a reason, because I'd be losing a ton of money. I just... I, it's just strange how much confidence I have that Saquon Barkley will be 100% that he could easily do over 20 carries, but that's a question. We'll find out Sunday. Uh, next question comes from Kyle Bronson at Kyle Bronson 14. He asks, do you think the Giants can acquire an inside linebacker like Blake Martinez to go after Ryan Connolly for 2020? I do like Mayo for death, but the Giants do have a lot of free agent options for a free force system inside linebacker and Blake really stands out. Bobby, I'll send this one to you first. Yeah, I don't, I'm not going to say like Blake Martinez for sure, but I think an inside linebacker definitely could be an acquisition. Uh, we're going to have all that cap space, and I don't expect them to be handing out five, six-year contracts that are, you know, 15 mil a year or anything like that. Uh, you know, as much as everybody wants to go get, like, the biggest names, I don't think the Giants are going to do that. And I, at least I hope they don't uh, go do that. Plus, there's not a whole lot of uh, free agents out there. But Blake Martinez definitely could be a guy they go and get inside linebacker. is a position I like to attack in, in free agency. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely could see them doing something like that, uh, especially with Ryan Connolly, like supposed, supposedly being like the lead backer coming next year. I mean, we, we saw what we saw out of him in these uh, the first three games was was pretty freaking amazing. You know, it's it really it, I really think that's the biggest negative on this season is that Ryan Connolly got hurt like that. Uh, yeah, but I definitely think an inside linebacker like Blake Martinez could definitely be a target in 2020. Yeah, Blake Martinez. Uh, I like that option. Yeah, the Giants are going to be definitely spending money on free uh, free agents this year, especially on the defense. I'm not saying it's going to be like a 2016 type year when they went all out, but I could see them spending some decent money on some guys because this year, obviously, they have the cap. And, they, and I think they'll get at least one big-name guy. That's just my thoughts on that. Next question comes from Isaac Moretta at Bruegel underscore Poppy 20. He asked, the D has been showing signs of life lately. Looking ahead to the next few games, do you think it will continue, or is it just all flash and no substance? I fell into this trap once already with this defense, especially in that first half of the second half of that Bills game. The Bucks game didn't do anything in the first half mainly, and then the second half they did it again. Redskins game, that was just because the Redskins are terrible, and the Vikings, nothing spectacular. So... I need to see multiple games from these guys that they can't be a quality defense. It's going to take me at least up until maybe after the Detroit game, after Dallas game, for me to really believe in them. But it, Sunday, while I know, Bobby, you say you don't really believe in moral victories, this was a huge moral victory for the defense because they slowed down that Patriots offense. They're nothing spectacular, but just in their minds, they slowed down a Super Bowl champion, multiple-time Super Bowl champion Tom Brady, and just a quality group of offensive players. So it, they should feel good about themselves going to Sunday and beyond because they know they can do it. And, I mean, just the addition of Al Ogletree coming back, I feel like really helped them out. So uh, it's a moral victory for us mainly for the defense because they needed a game like that, and they fought till the very end. They just ran out of steam. But with the offense getting back all this talent, they could. this team, the defense could have the potential to be special. Yeah, I really think the Patriots' offense played into our 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 defense's strengths. Like pound, like you know, stacking the you know, keeping it tight and trying to pound the rock. I really think they did. And Tom Brady wasn't playing his best. He had some good moments, but I I, th- I really think we they played. And like their offensive line has been struggling with Marshall Newhouse. I I don't think the Patriots' game is a true sign of what the defense is. Although it was better than what I expected. I expected the Patriots to come and carve them up. 
I think Arizona will be a good test. I think Arizona does. Arizona isn't their offense isn't as crazy as it makes you think. Although there is some really cool things they do. I think more so in the run game. We'll spend more time on that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not sold on this defense yet. Uh, Bethea still has been absolutely useless. Uh, middle linebacker. We'll see what we get. Like it's been pretty inconsistent there with that with Connolly out. So yeah, I, I don't know what to expect. Um, I, I I I would I would lean towards um, it's like a flash in the pan. That being said, though, the guys that we want to see really good things out of have been great. Dexter Lawrence, uh, O'Shane has hasn't been great, but he's put up some decent numbers. Jabril Peppers has been coming; has been going off the last three weeks. Uh, uh, DeAndre Baker has looked great. I mean, the guys that we really need to be like be progressing and getting a lot better have been. So that that is something like you can take to the bank is those three guys have been performing, and I think they're going to be consistent through the rest of the season. Yeah, I need to see multiple games from these guys to believe that they can do this on a week-to-week basis. And while Sunday was a good stepping stone, it's just one game, and there's still a long season ahead of us. And that's why this next question is going to be interesting. From Matthew... Well, I I will say that defenses get better as an NFL season goes along and offenses get worse. That's just the way it goes. That's why every year, especially last year, like that Chiefs-Rams Monday Night Football game, like, this is the new NFL. And then the Super Bowl is thirteen to three. It's just the way football goes. Defenses, they there's more tape of the offense. There's more continuity, and then you know, like offenses, like there's not. You can't surprise people with plays every week on offense. Like you can't have a playbook like that. So defenses do get better. So like when we play Dallas again, I our defense, I just couldn't see them being anywhere as bad as they were in week one. So that's just kind of a matter of fact for the whole NFL. Yeah, so and this next question is, is, is interesting because, no, I'll get to that question first. Matthew Christopher at Mr. Chris172 asks, do you guys think the Giants will become sellers by the trade dead, trade-in deadline? Also, is there any in-house changes that they can make to improve this team now, especially with the Cowboys and Eagles losing in Week 6? The, these next two games will go a long way to determine what the Giants do on October 29th because if they're not, they're one game back with the NFC East. If the Giants win these next two games against Arizona and then Detroit, they have a huge game on Monday Night Football against the Cowboys because Eagles and Cowboys play this week, and then the Cowboys are on a bye following that. So say the Giants lose these next two games. I hate to say that, but we have to view that always as a possibility. The Giants will become sellers. If anyone, they will, they, they won't be buyers. They'll be sellers. I'm not sure who they will trade, but they will, they'll probably sell some guys off because at that point – the season could be hard to recover from. But say the Giants win the next two games, I could easily see them not trading anyone to stay in put because maybe they believe they can make a run at this thing. So these next two games will determine a long way to what they do October 29th because the Giants didn't make a majority of their trades at the, for, uh, the trade deadline until maybe like a day before or a day or two before. So I, I don't want to – come back to me to a trading question we have to figure out after the Detroit game because if they lose these next few games, then they'll be sellers at that point. And we'll answer your second question in a second. I just want to hear Bobby's thoughts on that. Yeah, definitely not buyers. There's, there's just no way we're buyers. Uh, sellers, like, I agree with you 100%. If we lose these next two games, although with so many trades happening, I think we'd have to pull the trigger uh, quick. And a few other people asked this, you know, at OPM 211, what is Jenkins' trade value? Um, and then somebody on Instagram asked, uh, let me just shout out his name, even though he asked me a very weird question about someone's. I heard this question. What were you asking? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not going to read it, but he asked about our quarterbacks endowment. Uh, it's at Tony <laughs> and 619. Should we trade Jenkins at the deadline? So let's just talk about Janoris Jenkins as a whole. His value, uh, fourth, maybe fifth. The thing is, though, the teams that have been wanting the trades for corners have with Jalen Ramsey to the Rams. And then uh, Marcus Peter to the Ravens, the Eagles. But we're not trading Janoris Jenkins to the Eagles. That's just not going to happen. So I, I don't know what the trade value would be for uh, Janoris Jenkins. Like maybe Jacksonville to replace Ramsey. But I don't know if they're in win-now mode uh, either. So I, I don't think we would get a whole lot for Jenkins. And Jenkins has another year in his contract. So I, I'm re- I think he's been played pretty good. Like I, I don't hold the Mike Evans game against him. Um, I, I'd be completely fine with Jenkins coming back on this team next year with all the um, with the cap space that we have. So 
I, I don't think Jenkins gets straight. I think the maybe Ogletree for like a seventh, but I don't see that happening either because that's kind of like a what's the point? You know, you can do the same thing in the offseason. So uh, I don't I don't really see anybody getting traded unless, and this is just coming to me now, like maybe Sam Beal or Ballantyne gets traded. I, I don't know. Wait, um, wait, but, wait, wait. Well, I'm saying if they if they make a decision like we want like if be like we like Beal better than Ballantyne or vice versa if we like Ballantyne over Beal right now I'd lead Ballantyne because we've seen it. Um, there you know might be like hey we don't have five cornerbacks in our future. So if somebody offered like a fourth or anything, actually that's not going to happen. That's a yeah. stupid take by me. That sounds like a take I would have said, but no. Uh... As I said, we won't know the Giants are sellers or doing anything until these next two weeks. Because if they win, they're not going to do anything. They're going to hold on to their assets. The only guy that could get traded is Cody Latimer. But if they lose these next two games, then we could talk about the Giants being sellers. But there's no way they are buyers because it just doesn't make sense. You've got so many young options to go with. The only position I could see them trading for, well, they don't really have the assets to do it, is free safety. I'm not sure who they would trade for, but that's really the only position on defense I could see them trading for because that's the that's more of the position of need. Yeah, I mean, maybe there could be buyers for some young, like yeah, yeah. inside inside linebacker, like we talked about earlier, and just being a move for the future. But I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think we're going to see any Giants trades this year, to be honest. Yeah, and the second part of the question also is there any in-house changes? that they can make to improve this team now, especially with the Cowboys and Eagles losing in week six. The only position I could see them changing, as you, you've mentioned, is nickel with Grant Haley. But that, once again, all determines what Sam Beal's health is and what they view of Corey Ballantyne. Uh, that's the only really position I could see them changing. Free safety, as much as we are not a fan of Antoine Buffet, they're not going to change that. Julian Love would probably be so much worse than Antoine Buffea and linebacker. I think Julian loves a nickel at this point. I don't think Julian loves a safety at all. Yeah. Um, and and I, I think we're going to see Julian Love at nickel in these next couple weeks. Not Maybe not as a starter, but I think Julian Love is going to get real reps at nickel in these next couple weeks. Because you got to kind of see what this guy is at this point. Once again, if he just loses these next two games, it, it, it's we, if we thought it was crazy, they'd be even one game back. But it then seems quite hard to find the Giants' way to the playoffs. So if they lose these next two weeks, then I wouldn't be surprised if we see more Corey Ballantyne playing, more Julian Love playing. So these next two weeks goes a long way to determine the Giants' future because in two weeks' time, they could easily be tied for first place. Or It's nuts that the Giants are, we're talking about the Giants possibly just they're one game back of the NFC East. The NFC East is one of the craziest divisions of football. They're not the best, but they always provide some interesting finishes here and there. So, once again, these next two weeks, they determine so much going to the future, but really the only position I could see getting changed is nickel corner because linebackers, they're, if Ryan, they're fine at linebackers. Alec Ogletree's improved his play. So, yeah, I mean, nickel corner is really the only glaring spot on this defense that I'm worried about. Yeah, you could say free safety, but Michael Thomas is playing a lot of reps. I, I don't see a change coming there, um, and I, I'm not. I'm not like a start Sean Chandler. Although I don't know, maybe maybe that's something we should think about. Um, was that the last of the Talking Giants Twitter questions? Yes, that was the last of the at Talking Giants Twitter questions. All right, uh, I got one from Young and Reckless at Bougie Coogee. Bougie Coogee. Do you expect Giants to sign any free agents in the coming weeks? I mean, yeah, but nobody that you would think of, like no, like running back or wide. They're signing Antonio Brown. <laughs> yeah, would it be wild? Uh, so yeah, uh, and then at Zach Holton, he said, "Do you think Gallman and Saquon will be used as a running back by committee to lighten the load moving forward to preserve the future?" Hey, Zach Holton, why don't you just shut up, you dumb no, no, idiot? No, that's a good question. I mean, it's very interesting. Would they use Saquon and Wayne Gallman as a running back to the future? That's a tough question. I'm really not sure if I can answer that. Yeah, actually, that is actually a good point. Screw you, at Zach Holton. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think Gallman is going to have more carry. I don't think it's going to be like the first three weeks where it's all, all, all save one. I do think Gallman gets um, a, more, a higher percentage. Exactly, I'm going to I'm going to dig up the percentages of snaps that they have uh, when they're both healthy. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I, I actually do agree. And then as Zach Holton said, Golden Tate is a douche, but he is a likable douche. Do you? Agree? <laughs> 
I mean, yeah, I mean, I can see that. I mean, the way he just walked into that end zone disrespectfully, the, the Giants only score of the night. But, man, I got to respect the guy's confidence. Just full disclosure, Zach Holton is, like, my best friend. He's a Colts fan. We hate the Colts. Just kidding. I actually love the Colts. Um, I hate them because they beat us last year. <laughs> yeah, but I like the Colts. And I actually agree with this. I don't, like, I, I know, like, the whole, like, locker room, like, we're trying to fix the locker room. I don't think when they're doing that, that means, like, I'm we're going to get all perfect people like so yeah golden tate i think he is a, a tiny bit self-absorbed but who isn't at the nfl level um and i i like disrespect on the field i know i've been harsh of odell but my favorite move of his was peeing like the the, the, the dog peeing celebration um and there's that whole golden tate russell wilson wife thing um the whole percy harvin thing although oh, percy harvin came out and talked about that and it's like oh that was 100 percent on percy harvin percy harvin is just a jerk um, so yeah, not, not the worst question from at Zach Holton, who is a giant douche. And I don't think he's likable either at Zach Holton. Wow. That's kind of toxic in here. <laughs> All right. Couple Instagram questions. Uh, at Eric underscore grads, uh, win loss predictions for the rest of the season, 10 and 0. Um, Danny, do you differ? <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I mean, 10 and 0. I mean, the Giants will go 12 and 4. That's the yeah, final record. Exactly. Wait. Wait. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes okay. sense. Uh, at Derek, I don't know how long I had to think of that. I was just thinking, I'm like, crap, and let, be, let my math be correct. Uh, yeah, at Derek underscore NJ. Pat Shermer is a terrible play caller. Hey, Derek, you're a terrible Instagram question poster because that wasn't a question. Wow. So you're worse. You're the. You're actually the one that's wrong, Derek. Um, much love though. Maybe, maybe, maybe and the, 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 the fire patch armor people get on my nerves so bad. It's, oh, yeah. it's the most yeah. aggravating thing in the world is the after losses, we're going to fire the guy after wins. It's like, wow, like he's really gelling with his new QB. It's just shut up. We're not firing him right now. If we, can old- have, we will have this conversation in week 16 and week 17. Well, then we can talk about it if things are like really bad then. But the just, only way. Shut up! I please shut up about Pat Shermer firings in week six. I it, it gets on my nerves so bad. It's the most aggravating thing in the world to me. The only way I want Pat Shermer fired is if he loses his locker room or he comes back with slicked back hair. Then we got issues right there. If he comes back with like a facial change, I want him fired immediately. It's just so annoying. Can we let a season play his second season play out? Can we let him get? 14 games with his rookie QB that he just drafted before we're calling for him to be fired. Gosh, that crap is so freaking annoying. Um, and then uh, Jack Cooper, 593. Darius Slayton, will he become, uh, he's become the number three, close to number two receiver by the end of the season, do you think? Um, no, because Shep and Golden Tate, although I would say right now with Shep out, he is the number two receiver to. Golden Tate. And man, he's been really a bright spot for this season, too. Uh, what a steal of a draft pick by by old Dave Gettleman. Oh, yeah. D- Dave Gettleman, I mean, as much as you may not like the guy, you're telling me his draft abilities are not good. He drafted Christian McCaffrey for Carolina. Saquon, I mean, anyone could have made that pick easily. But then you got Darius Slayton, uh, Ryan Connolly, who looks to be like a steal in the 2018 uh, draft. You got the likes of BJ Hill, who has a high potential he hasn't done much but there's still potential there lorenzo carter cory Ballantyne, who a guy from washburn who but before that pick i don't even know washburn existed and i mean the guy looks like cory Ballantyne. i'm a big fan of him so I, i'm a fan of dave gellman yeah uh he's nothing like he doesn't blow you away he's not like of these new like the howie roseman of the eagles or whoever the rams gm is he dave is still of that old philosophy but Compare Dave Gellman to Jerry Reese. Who would you rather have right now? I would 1 million percent take Dave Gellman, even without the two Super Bowl rings, because the 2007 run for Jerry Reese was mainly uh, Ernie Acorsi type thing. He saw some of the hangovers from there. And the 2011, yeah, that was more of him, but like, he. The 2011 the second, team was pretty much the 2007 team. Yeah. It, it, I mean, there was obviously Victor Cruz is a steal in there, uh, Hakeem Nix, but like, and we look at how he came next. Like that was the twenty. That was the two thousand seventeen. Different things on defense, but I don't know. I don't even want to get into all that all that stuff right now. Yeah, I mean, I would rather have Dave Gellman than Jerry Reese. 
I agree. All right, that's the show. I was I was worried we weren't going to have anything to talk about. The show is actually going to go a little longer. We appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate the reviews. We're up above 70. In fact, I got another proposal. If we can get to 150 by December 15th when we play the Miami Dolphins, I'm going to be in New York for that and, and New Jersey. And I'm going to do something crazy. Not that crazy, but I'm going to do something crazy if we get 150 reviews by then. Yeah, so it's quite crazy. For, for a normal person, that's quite crazy. But you could say for a certain fan base, it's not. Yeah. And for my family, it's like, it, you know, it's really low on the totem pole. I could get for like, you know, a normal people being like, that's a little crazy, but it is what it is. And so this is called a teaser. So leave us some reviews. Get that ball, ball rolling. I'm not going to say what I'm going to do until we get 90 reviews, and then I'll say what we're going to do. I gave you I gave you all the good hint. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was a good hint. All right, so, so we'll be back Friday with a pregame show of the Cardinals preview, and we're breaking down all the Cardinals film. I try and hold my stuff that like is pre like we're going to talk about on the show. I try to not post it so after I put it, we do the show, but I just get so antsy to post stuff that I find. Anyways, that's the show. Leave us a rating review. would really appreciate it. The numbers are starting to grow. Having a lot of fun doing this. And we'll see you guys on Friday. Until then, let's go Big Blue.